Welcome to Michigan in Focus. I'm Bruce Walker, Great Lakes Regional Editor for the Center Square. With me is Tom Gantert, the Center Square's Managing Editor. And Tom, you posted a story today on teacher evaluations in Michigan, which are uniformly high and test scores for students are uniformly low. Explain. Let's start a little bit, a little history of what it was. Starting with the 2011-12 academic year, the state required school districts to start uh, doing official evaluations of their teachers and releasing the data. And when they first started out, it didn't go so well. So, for example, the Lansing School District in 2011-12 rated all 87 of its teachers as effective. Now, there's four ratings. There's like highly effective, the second best rating is effective, then minimally effective and ineffective. So the same thing happened. There were dozens of school districts did this. Waterford School District did it. All 694 of their teachers that first year were given effective ratings, which is that it just wasn't something that uh, they put much thought into when every teacher gets the same some rating. Since then, what's happened is uh, basically for the last three or four years now, they didn't do it in 2019-20. A lot of the school districts did not do evaluations 2019-20 because of the pandemic. So uh, that was that was the one-off year that you can't look at data. But since then, it's fallen into this thing where 99% of the teachers in the state of Michigan for the last several years fall into either highly effective or effective. And that can change. So like in Flint, Michigan in 2021, 22, which is where you live, Bruce. 36% were highly effective. 64% were effective. Flint says they had one ineffective teacher out of 180. One. You got to wonder, who did she anger? <laughs> the one teacher that get the ineffective rating. So, and, and it's the same thing. Lansing Public School is a little bit different. 23% highly effective, but then 76% are effective. So three out of every four teachers in Lansing were given the same thing. Lansing said they don't have any ineffective teachers out of 787. These ratings and, and, and evaluations kind of fly in the face of academic performance of students, meaning if our teachers are so highly effective, why do we hear so much about how poorly our students are doing on tests? Um, so I guess that's the rub. Is, is, is there a disconnect here in terms of how we are uh, evaluating our educators in terms of the results we're getting. It's funny that you should bring that up. And there was a legislators in in Lansing, Democrats in the state legislature in Lansing are preparing bills that would actually remove student test scores from teacher evaluations. And, and that, that was according to an article in Bridge, Michigan. And Senator Dana Polhanke from Livonia said, uh, and I, I quote, we're going back to a time where student growth was not a part of teacher evaluations, end quote. But removing student scores will reduce objectivity and consistency, uh, the new director of education policy from uh, the Mackinac Center says. And the fact that most all teachers receive high ratings suggests a problem with how the evaluation system is implemented, not necessarily with the system itself. There's a lot of problems with the evaluation system. So I've, I've talked to teachers. This has been going on for over 10 years now. And so there's teachers in school districts who uh, get a administrator who gives them a efficient rating and they think they're highly efficient. And then there's a so you have an administrator who actually does take it seriously. And let's say he, he breaks up his teachers into the three different groups, three out of the four. One building over, there's a teacher that's giving all of his teachers highly effective ratings across the board. And that gets around. 
you know, because the teachers find out. And so that one teacher who, or that one administrator gave all high ratings has now created a problem in the school district because they think the other ones think it's unfair that they got, you know, that their, their edu- administrator did it. The problem is, from what I've seen, is it's simply the public schools do not want to evaluate their teachers. And they've, they've fought this from the beginning. You're, you mentioned the bill where they don't want student performance, academic performance factored in as much. And they've been chipping away about how much of that has been over the years. And my oldest sister was in the Eau Claire school district by the Indiana border. Back when janitors were being privatized in many school districts, she was telling me that the janitors of Eau Claire should be kept because they know who the best teachers are. They're, they're involved, they're there, and blah, blah, blah. And I told her, I said, well, the janitors have figured out something that the, that the administrators haven't been able to do. And that is, who are the best teachers in the school district? Because, you know, most of these uh, evaluations, it's hard to take them seriously when everybody is grouped in the first of two categories. You know, Detroit is, you know, we've done stories on Detroit. In 2013, Detroit Public Schools was the worst public school in America, as determined by the nation's report card, the NAEP. And that year, in 2013-14, Detroit said that 79% of its teachers were highly affected. So this has been a problem that's been going on for years. I don't see it being solved anytime quickly unless the school districts actually take a more serious approach to how they're doing this and figuring out, do they really want to know? You know do, do, does anybody believe that there's not a in, in, an ineffective school teacher in the Lansing School District with over, what was it, 700 teachers? Right. And it, it just seems that there needs to be something a little bit more oomph behind the evaluations in and of themselves besides a pass-fail system or thumbs-up, thumbs-down methodology. Uh, it's either efficient or, you know, highly efficient or barely efficient. And that, well, that's, four that's enough. Right? There's, there's four categories. Four, right. right. But uh, as you said, I mean. But not really. Yeah, there's two categories. Unless you anger somebody, then you get you get put in the ineffective zone. <laughs> well, well, old duffers in, in my generation time, we used to call this great inflation. And uh, and it's great. Infl- it seems like it's great inflation for teachers or great inflation for teachers or in, you know, just I don't want to spend time on it when you got, you know, Lansing again, this last uh, 2021, 22, 76 percent of their teachers should just fall in the effective range, which is an easy way to do it. No one's no one's angry. No one's really happy. And, you know, so what's the importance of this? A lot of a lot of the merit pay is based on this. A lot of of retention uh, is based on this. And I guess the other thing is, is we don't know why Michigan students are doing so poorly. And until we take a hard look at how teachers are doing or figure out a way to 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 evaluate how teachers are doing, uh, we I don't think we'll find the answer to that. Well, part of the sideways, another sideways topic on this, Tom, is just the learning loss during COVID that has seriously impacted students' grades, their their learning ability, and will continue with them for the rest of their their careers beyond high school. Learning loss is something you heard very little about during the heart of the pandemic. Now that it's, you know, that they missed what accounts to be what, probably a full year of school if you count 2019-20 2019-20 and then what was going on in 2021, you see that it's by keeping students out of school, 
it's going to cost school districts millions of dollars in the additional hires they had for counselors and psychologists that they're bringing in. And all of the extra money that's being spent on learning losses, tutors and stuff like that, because they're addressing that now. That was not something that was discussed at the time. You know, when Detroit public school teachers, were, the union was saying, we're going to strike if you put us back in the school. There was nobody talking about learning loss. There are not many people talking about learning loss. And having you and me being, you know, reporting on this during that time, the studies that were coming out were not getting published much publicity on this. You know, it was, don't risk my life. Uh, you're risking my student's life. I could kill my grandfather if, if I go to school, that kind of thing. Uh, and now the conversation has shifted to something completely different, which is we need more money to address learning loss. And, you know, you, you, that's not only in Michigan. If you go on any, uh, school board website and look where they're spending money, they're spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, with after school programs and tutors. It's like city of Pittsburgh is doing that right now. Uh, spending money, uh, getting, addressing this learning loss and catching up and the way they're doing it is spending more money. So that's another issue to go to, you know, on top of the evaluations. I agree with you there. Listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com. I'm Bruce Walker, Great Lakes Regional Editor for The Center Square. Please subscribe. Thank you for listening. 